Bloody Elbow presents Care Don't Care, the show that determines the most and least interesting fights on upcoming UFC events and sometimes strays outside of MMA into general pop culture. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes, John S. Nash, and Eugene S. Robinson. Welcome back to another episode of Care Don't Care, the show that previews the week's upcoming UFC events by determining which fights are hot and which fights are not. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined by Eugene S. Robinson, author of Fight Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Ass-Kicking But Were Afraid You Get Your Ass-Kicked for Asking, and host of the Show Stomper podcast, co-host of the If the Shoe Fits podcast, and owner and operator of the Eugene S. Robinson Substack. I'm also joined by John Nash, host of the Show Money podcast, co-host of the If the Shoe Fits podcast, owner and operator of the Hey Not The Face podcast, and Bloody Elbow's chief financial columnist. Today, we're looking ahead to UFC Vegas 67. But since this isn't a super meaningful card, we've got some bonus content at the end. But first, we're going to be handing out cares, or not, (laughs) So I'm going to go ahead and hand this over to Eugene so he can go ahead and give us the disclaimer. Crybabies, bedwetters, greedy bread gobblers, work shy individuals, fault finders, malingerers. This has less to do with your skills and talents as a fighter and much more to do with the marketing heft weight put behind you by the overlords of the now no longer felt folks, IPO folks at Endeavor and or the Baldwin and the UFC. If you don't like being on the don't care side of the equation, the solution is simple. Fight an exciting fight. Until then, don't come crying to us, bedwetters. All right. So we have um we have a mixed bag here because there's some really fun fights on here, but those fun fights also have the uh the unfortunate stigma that they aren't that impactful as far as the rankings go until you get to the top of the card. So it's very top heavy as far as impactful fights, but there are some fun ones sprinkled throughout. We will see because Eugene has been picking all throughout the cards. I mean, we ended last year, Eugene, you won the week when we ended last yeah, year. Yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah, of course I did. You know, of course I did. Yeah. It's like a- Cherry on the top of 2022. Yeah, that was my that was my Christmas gift to you. But you know, for the year, <laughs> you know, I noticed you guys didn't. We don't uh, talk. We don't talk enough about the WorkshireIndividual.com uh, website <laughs> and the final ratings. We don't talk enough about that. Actually, we should dedicate five minutes every show going over uh, what the total was. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, the thing is, I mean, I, yeah, I'm one of those immediate gratification type guys. I like, I, mm-hmm. you know, I can't be busy thinking about the past. When I'm so focused on the future, and that fact that I won 2020, look, look, just look, look at the, the last fight. I swept it. I, I, I won it. I crushed you, John. That's what happened. And here's the That's thing. What happened. Here's the beautiful part about your win is that you picked all the fights that basically we wouldn't even look at. You picked yep. the obscure ones that were very, very hard to pick a winner. And yeah, you, that's because I'm, I'm, I'm that good. I'm that good. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I, I think we should. Merry- Damn Christmas. <laughs> I think we should celebrate Eugene's mighty victory. Uh, you know, with everyone here, it, it kind of stepped to the rear while a winner leads the way. I, 
Again, I just want to point out, if you look at the yearly total, Eugene's plus minus was seven, 17, not even a legal age, and mine was 43, a healthy 43, 61.7% to 55.2% right. Just a, just a uh, you, know, you know what, John, those are numbers. I don't know. I'm not so good with numbers. All I know is win. That's what I know. John Weird. broke out the pie charts. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, he's gone Professor Erwin Corey on us. Oh, Nobody I... cares. <laughs> Nobody cares, John. All they care about is where's the winner going, and that's me. All I got to say is uh, Happy New Year to beat, beat <laughs> Finley. All right. So let's go ahead and take a look at UFC Fight Night. Imavov versus Gasterlum. And right there, God. right there in the title, Gasterlum has fallen so far that a guy named Imavov, that to the casual fan, not to us hardcores, but to the casual fan that might only have watched the UFC a handful of times, is not going to know who Imavov is. He is the the marquee name there. Gasterlum yeah. follows Imavov. That's how far Gasterlum has fallen because he can't pay for a win lately so yeah. we're going to start from the bottom up as usual we are working from the topology quick sheet bout order is subject to change all right our opening bout ladies bantamweight priscilla cashuera versus sejara eubanks oh interesting no doubt because Pris priscilla cashuera has been doing fairly well and it's been a while since Shijara has has fought. Now that I'm remembering, right? Uh, hmm. Let's let's take a look here. The last time Shijara fought was back in uh, December of 2021. So it's been over a year. She took a loss to Melissa Gatto. Um, hmm. As a matter of fact, she's only got one win in her last four fights. Now yeah. Priscilla Cashuera is um she's coming off two wins in a row she beat Gion kim and arian lipsky back to back uh before mm -hmm. that she only lost to jillian robertson and then she was on two fight win streak before that against gina mizani and shauna dobson yeah i um i, I care all right I care. um because um, i used to be a big sajara uh, booster but I, I don't think i can pick her to win this one all right. Want to go with Cashuera? Yep. All right. Yep. John, do you care? John. He hasn't found the green button yet, much like his whole 2020. I'm, I'm, I'm here. Sorry, I was getting a, a phone call at the time. I was trying to make uh, oh, Who's calling you this early? Well, it's, uh, you know, my, my landlord trying to, where's my rent? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. I, no, this is not uh, not relevant for the way down the women's division. Koshera's last win was, I think, if you look at the fight matrix rankings, I think that woman's rank number was ranked number fifty in the division, like the very bottom of the division. So, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not excited by this fight at all. All right, I'm gonna pass on it because I'm my personal uh, criteria is would I recommend this fight to someone else? Now, I might watch this fight, but I don't think i would ever recommend it as a fight that hey you must watch this so i'm gonna pass on it 
Um, all right. So next up, we have Jimmy Flick. Excellent grappler. He is dynamic. I mean, whew, and he's taken on Charles Johnson. Now, this is a flyweight. Again, my criteria is would I recommend it? I'm almost on the brink of recommending because of Jimmy Flick. But I'm not quite there because of Charles Johnson. So I'm going to take a pass. Gentlemen. Well, you know, new year, new me. I'm a, uh, I like a Jimmy Flick. I want to see him. All right. I love this. This is awesome. Well, this ties into what we're going to do later. I'll tell and I'll explain to you, but yep. later. Yes, sir. All right. John, do you care? It's, you know, this is just, just outside of relevancy for me. It's just not enough for me to get uh, really motivated that I have to watch it. So no. All right. Next up at featherweight, we have Daniel Argueta versus Isaac Dulgarian. Now these are some, these are some names that are basically unfamiliar territory for me. So I'm yeah, going to take care. a pass. And if this is because they're very highly talented people coming off of Dana White's contender series, well, I don't care. If no, I, I, if I, I, I just want to, I, I am looking at the fight matrix rankings. For the, I decided to put it up today for the first time. So I, instead of just looking at before the show, Argata is ranked 163rd in the featherweight <laughs> ah, division on see? fight matrix. And, and Dolgarian is a 549th. Yeah, see. So, so I don't think it quite is quite relevant enough for me to so to care. And see, that's that's where I was going with that. I mean, yeah. unfamiliar territory. And like I say, if they are super highly touted coming off of Dana White's contender series, I don't care. That is not relevancy to me. Once they start getting some wins, I'll start pay, paying attention. They're really exciting. Maybe I start recommending, but at this point, do not care. I don't even know if I'll take the time to actually switch channels to watch this one. So there. All right. Next up, Alan Nascimento versus Carlos Hernandez at flyweight. Don't care. Mm. Don't just, care. I'm yeah, this is bad. just outside of relevancy. So yeah. Uh, next up. No. Mateus Mendoca or Mendocha, however you say that. If I'm butchering it, I'm very sorry. Um, taking on Javi Basharat. Um, this one, this is a bantamweight. Bantamweight is deep enough where that I feel like I can. Um, you know what? I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna sit down on this one because we have two undefeated records. I have seen Basharat fight before. Um. Yeah, I, I. I'm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna sit down on this one. This might be my first. Case. Yep, I am. I'm gonna take Basharat. Yep. Mm, I mean, I think Basharat's gonna run away with this fight. So, because he basically because he didn't come out a contender, I don't think so. Uh, but uh, it's yeah, it's just not. I, I like him. I'm intrigued, but he's not. He's, it's not relevant enough yet. So no. But for me, yeah, the, the uh, action factor and yeah, I, I can understand hard. that it's it's a legitimate fight to watch. Yeah. It's, too, it's it is a prospect fight. It's an interesting prospect. And fight, this but. this part right here, 
there are some prospect matchups that I would recommend watching. And this is one. So, yep, I'm going to put this as my first care on the board. I would absolutely recommend this. This is an exciting prospect matchup. I'm I'm definitely down to see this win. I do think Basharat's going to win, but I don't think he's going to run off with it the way John thinks. So we'll see. You know, either way, I think that he's going to win. All right. Next up at lightweight, we have Mateus Rebecca taking on Nick Fiore. Um, we got a 16 and one guy taking on a six and O guy. I'm thinking that this is probably some contender series stuff. I don't know because I'm not overly familiar with Rebecca. I do know who Fiore is. I'm going to take a pass. Gents. Yep. I don't care. I, I almost want to take it because I am very confident in Rebecca in this fight. Very, but uh, it's still neither one is, even though they're undefeated, I think they're both undefeated. Neither one is, has yeah. entered the relevancy category yet that I, it's a fight that I got to sit down and watch. Uh, I mean, you're, you're beating undefeated guys at the very, everybody's undefeated at the beginning. Well, Rebecca's got one loss. He's six. Oh yeah. Well, one. yeah. Yeah. But uh, I agree, Rebecca probably will win. But the only name that I actually recognize is Fiore. And I, I want to say uh, it's from Contender Series or something. I'm not sure where he's coming out of. Let me open this up real quick. I'm, I'm now, it's, now it's got my curiosity why I recognize this name. Um, Combat Zone, Combat Zone. Did I maybe see? Ah, CES. It had to have been that because I don't know what Combat Zone is. So I must have seen some clip that Kaposa dropped down because that's the only way I recognize this person's yeah. name. Um, and that that is that is good stuff there, though. You know, Kaposa definitely turns a lot of people onto some obscure names. That's for sure. All right, He's, next up. The, just to interrupt me, the man is a saint. <laughs> yes, he is, indeed. All right, next up, we have... Abdul Razak Al-Hassan taking on Claudio Ribeiro. This is a fight worth looking at now. We're getting into the good stuff. Um, this is at 185. This is an exciting matchup, too. Um, oh, I'm on the opposite. I mean, not that it's not. I just, I have no. I, what is his record? He's on a long, like, he has few wins in his last five fights. Yeah, yeah. Abdul yeah. Razak. And, um, and neither one is really, I think, Position himself yep. in the upper yep. part of the, and it's middleweight, which is a weak division to begin with. I'll wait. Yep. I'm gonna. I'll wait till one of these guys get in the the relevant area. Yeah, I'm. I'm choosing to not care. I've been burned by uh, Abdullah before, so I'm. I'm. I'm waiting, seeing on this one. Let me see. He lost to Joaquin Buckley. Split yeah. decision. Yeah. He beat Alessio Di Chirico. He yeah, lost to. So did I. <laughs> he lost to Jacob Malkoon, Chaos Williams, and Monir Liz. Yeah, I'm gonna pass. You know, I hadn't hadn't really taken a, a real deep look at that. So uh yeah, you guys are right. Have talked me right out of that. Thank you, thank you. Next up at Bantamweight, Umar Nurmagomedov taking on Hani Barcelos. Exciting oh. fight, impactful fight. Fifteen and O Umar taking on seventeen and three Honey Barcelos. Oof, man, oh man! I am wondering which way Eugene is going to go because he's got to be torn on this one. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, but I, you know, I mean, 
uh, I keep picking against these cats and they just keep winning. And, you know, the reality of it is, you know, they're talking about uh, Khabib moving out of uh, moving out of MMA or mm-hmm. move on to his business ventures. And it's like, you understand, it's like, well, he's not been in MMA. How are you going to move out? But if he's training, these they don't do anything else. Yeah. It's not like you don't see him on a jet ski or dancing at a table in Ibiza with a cardboard cutout of his face on his face. They don't. That's not how they. This is all they do. So I, 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 I'm, I, I like guys who crap in the middle of the people's cakes, but I just don't see. I, and I, you know, I think he, uh, Nerga, Metamorph is 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 beatable, but I don't think I'm going to see that next weekend. All right, and you know, a, a lot of people want to say. Khabib's only 34, but remember, Khabib's been training since he was a little boy. For Christ's yeah, sake, he's done. For for Christ's sake, there's there's video out there of him wrestling a fucking bear. Well, I just yeah. I know I know guys who have played football and start with Pop Warner Pee Wee League and get hurt like the last season of college football, and they could probably bounce back and probably play in Canada and and but they're just done. It's like mm-hmm. I've been doing this since I was five. I'm done, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. All right. So you're taking Nurmagomedov, John. You care about this? I know you do. I, I do. This is relevant. I think. I think I'm going to pick Nurmagomedov. I think he's going to. I think he's going to run away with it again. But this is this is the type of fight that. It's you know it's even though uh, it's I think it's one sided. It's like this is where you see how good how really good someone is, how much higher in the division they can go because they're fighting someone that's actually isn't a serious opponent. But I still think he's going to run away with it. Yeah, yeah, I would agree one hundred percent with everything you said. Honey Barcelos is very, a serious opponent. Um, very, I think- very much a boots and a fight where you see him going yes. against really tough yes. prospects, but he's so damn good. You know he's moving on. Yeah, and you know what? The way you put that about the Boots Ennis fight, especially from last night, uh, Boots Ennis put on a clinic, but that was a really tough fight. But he he did everything he needed to do to get, you know, uh, just sweep the cards. But, I mean, that guy was not going to go down. And I think that's going to be the same here. Umar's probably going to sweep the cards, but I don't think it's going to be a finish. That's all. So uh, I like this fight, though. Anyway, next up, Catlin Vieira taking on Raquel Pennington. Another impactful fight. This is at women's bantamweight. The division is not that deep, but you have to look at this because uh, these women are probably looking at title shots maybe after this. Catlin is 13-2. and two. Raquel Pennington is 14-8. and eight. Now let's, let's take a look at their last fights. Now Raquel is coming on a coming in on this fight with a four fight win streak. She beat Aspen Ladd, Macy Chazon, Penny Kianzad, Marion Renault. And on those things there's one universal trend. All of these girls were bigger than her, especially Macy Chazon and Penny Kianzad. Aspen Ladd, I believe, came in a little heavy on that fight. I have to go back and check. But in any event, she's on a four-fight win streak. Um, we go back and we take a look at Ketlin Vieira, who is 13-2. and two. She's on a two-fight win streak. She beat Holly Holm via split. She beat Misha Tate, unanimous. But Yana Kunitskaya managed to drag out that horrible, awful decision um, remember that fight was just 
terrible. But uh, yeah, Yona Kunitskaya got her. Um, she beat Sejara Eubanks before that, but she lost to Irina Aldana before that via knockout. So, gentlemen, how are we going one on this one? Well, I, I think, it, I mean, it's definitely relevant. It's the very top of the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I, I give neither one a shot if they ever get, if they fight the, for the title after this against, and, well, who knows? Newton just kind of checked out. She might be retired by then. Mm. But uh, I I think it's relevant, but I'm going to go with uh, Vieira. I think she is the, the better fighter at this point. I mean, I don't, actually, I don't, it's, it's still kind of a toss-up, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm going Vieira. I, but it is relevant, and I care. Uh, I should have gone first. Vegas pick em style, but I'm go- I was going to pick Vieira. Uh, I am in 100% agreement. I really like uh, Pennington. She's she's a, a very, very game opponent. She puts in grindy performances, but, man, it, she she's a tough out. Vieira's going to have to work for it, but I, I agree. I think she'll get it, but it ain't going to be easy. All right, next up. Oof, this one's fun. Punahele Soriano taking on Roman Roman Copula. Two dudes that don't know how to be anything but exciting. Oh my god. Now this is Eugene's premise in a nutshell right here. This is banger, 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 certified banger. Would I recommend this? Oh my god, yes. To to you, your mom, your grandma, your entire lineage, I would recommend this. Wow. Oh my god, this is a great fight. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm tentatively gonna pick Soriano. Tentatively. What, because, what, do, you mean, what do you mean tentatively? Because Popilov can take a beating. What are you gonna take your hand off the piece? You put the you. What are you talking about? Oh, I'm picking Oh, I'm 100 picking him. But it's like okay. me saying that I wouldn't. I mean, I'm like only barely picking because this could go either way. But I mean, if I have to pick, I'm picking Soriano. But this one is yeah. a a pick em in the most. This if this should be the picture fight of a pick em in the dictionary. Yeah, well, I'm picking Puna. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I, I can't. As much as it, you, you're excited, it probably will be an entertaining fight. It To me, it is kind of a UFC nether fight because neither is not relevant in the division. And they're. I think they're both like they've got one win in their last three. So they're not coming on like really strong streaks wow, wow. in the UFC. Do we. You, you know what? You can, I'm sure there's just an exciting fight on Legacy this weekend. On, uh, on South Dakota Fighting Championship, we can tune into. Uh, you know what? I'm going to have to speak to our HR department while you doing the peanuts voice to mock me because that is just, that's uncalled for. Sorry. Just would you for once break down and just pick a fight because it's fun? Because nope, that's not, this not. fight. I mean, it's amazing. Why can't you just pick one fight well, because it's awesome? It's, they're not, but there's amazing fights on regional cards. This is basically a. But you're already is, sitting you're here. Seeing? But you're already sitting here. Listen, you you're already sitting here from watching Kellen Vieira and Raquel Pennington, which is going to be boring. You picked a boring fight because it's relevant. 
But you're gonna pass on a fight that's uh, wait, gonna be wait, a wait, 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 wait. Are you bullying John? You yes. can't bully the guy. Yes. <laughs> High five, Eugene. You know you love it too. <laughs> I just had to point out to people that that's what was happening. That's- yes, I am bullying John. <laughs> pick, I, John. I, pick. No, Come no, on. I know. Move no, you cannot bully me. No, I'm sticking to my system. It got me this. It, it got me winning again for the. Third year in a row, run, and I'm sticking to it. And no, if I had to pick, if I had to pick, I'd probably take Soriano. But uh, so that we have the same pick, it doesn't change anything. So I'm going to put him down for Soriano. Oh my god! <laughs> no, no, no! Because if he wins, then you, I don't, you can't give him credit for that. All right, all right, I won't. But man, you should add, oh, man. I'm hey, you got to let John. John you got John got to his winning ways the way he gets to his winning. It's a mystery to me too. All right. So we get to the co-main event. Dan Ige taking on Damon Jackson. Important fight because Dan Ige is still ranked. I believe Damon Jackson is just on the edge of the rankings right now. So with a win over Dan Ige, he's definitely propelled himself into the top 15. An important place to be. Um, Man... Dan Ige has been a shell of himself lately, has he not? Yeah, I can't. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, I mean, this. It's too many, too many UFC fights have guys fighting, um, it, like are supposedly an important showcase type fights, and they're like they've won one fight in their last four, or five, yeah. six fights. I gotta go, Damon Jackson here. Yeah, of course, hundred percent. And he's such a good grappler, Eugene. You've always liked this guy. Yeah, yeah, I was not. I'm not going to hesitate to make that pick. Ige is, he, he has uh, disgraced me, and he's disgraced the Shaolin Temple. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Let's <laughs> go back to the '70s. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so our uh, final fight of the night: a middleweight bout, Kelvin Gastelum taking on Nasruddin Imavov. <laughs> Nasruddin Imavov, 12 and 3. Kelvin Gastelum, 17 and 8. Journeyman territory right there. Uh, let's take a look at Nasruddin Imavov's last few fights. He is on a three fight win streak. He has wins over Joaquin Buckley, Edmund Shabazian, Ian Heinish. His lone loss in there is Phil Hawes. And then he's on a five fight win streak, six fight win streak before that. Um, notable names in there are Jordan Williams, Jonathan Mounier, and I don't recognize the rest of these names, but the, the, he has fairly notable names on there that aren't, uh, complete losers. So, um, and then you have, let's see what we have Kelvin Gastelum doing. Let's go for the refresher. Huh? We have Jared Cannonier beating him. We have Robert Whitaker beating him. He had a win over Ian Heinish in there, but then Jack Hermanson beat him. Darren Till beat him. Israel Adesanya beat him. And then he has the win over Jacare back in 2018. The win over Michael Bisping in 2017, but right before that, Chris Weidman triangled him. And I think that says all you need to know. Yeah, so I'm going to take Nimovov. Yeah, I, I, I'd I like to guess him the crap in the middle of his cake, but that's not going to happen, I don't think. So I'm going to go with the Islam. How about you, sir? I mean, I, I I actually have no interest because of that fact. It's just okay. I just on the, the prospect that you've made of any a card with a guy that can't get a win 
in years. It's just, I don't know, it just, it turns me off. It just seems like ridiculous, a ridiculous matchmaker, a ridiculous way to main event a card. So, uh, which is, which is, a, it would be a nice segue. Yeah. All right. So let's um, do a quick recap here. We have, um, I'm sorry, let me back up one more page so that I have everybody down. All right. Eugene is giving a care for Priscilla Cashuera. He is giving a care for Jimmy Flick. He's giving a care for Umar Nurmagomedov. There he is. <laughs> uh, we have him giving a care for Ketlin Vieira, Punahele Soriano, uh, Damon Jackson, and Nasardin Imavov. John is only giving three cares. And um, that is Umar Nurmagomedov. Kellen Vieira and Damon Jackson. I don't think I actually picked that Jackson. Oh, did you not? No, I did not. Oh, okay. I did not. I didn't pick. I didn't pick. I didn't pick either of those guys. Okay, so just Nurmagomedov and Kellen Vieira then. Yep. Yeah. All right. So two cares for John. All right. Update. Nat- nattering nabob of negativity that he is. <laughs> All right, I am carrying, um, giving a care for Javid Basharat, Umar Nurmagomedov, Ketlin Vieira, Puna Hele Soriano, Damon Jackson, and Nasruddin Imavov. So those are our picks. Now we have a little bit of bonus content for you because uh, both of my guys here have been in the entertainment business for two decades plus, easy, each. So they have witnessed plenty of scenarios that required crisis management. And make no no bones about this, Dana White slapping his wife, no matter the circumstances leading to it, Dana White slapping his wife, uh, his wife this being caught on video, is a scenario that requires crisis management so my question and i'll start with you john and i'll finish with you eugene but john has the ufc handled this properly and if they have not what would you suggest well i think they've uh, they haven't handled this properly at all surprisingly the person at the center of it dana white i thought he handled it properly came out right away said he shouldn't have done it. it was a mistake. I mean, he gave some excuses about drinking, but he basically said, you know, he says one time, uh, this is the only time it's ever happened, but who knows if that's true, but him and his wife together made a say, he did, he did kind of everything right. But what's made it worse is since then is the UFC has not addressed it at all, right? This is the head. Okay. This was just some schmo that worked in a factory. Maybe that'd be acceptable, but this is the head of a major sports promotion, right? Sports entity it's inconceivable that in that position, which is a, you know, is a symbolic position that has some sort of authority over all these fighters that get, have enforcements of the code of conduct, that there should be some action taken, but they, they basically are ignoring it completely. And then you have stuff like certain members of the media are not commenting or doing with, you know, kid gloves. I'll say that some of the biggest people in MMA, like Luke Thomas and uh, Hawani, they, they came out, you know, guns blazing, but a lot of them are, are hands off. And then you have ESPN, the entity that broadcasts them is basically not touching it. None of their media are really putting much effort into, into touching it. 
And all that just brings more attention. And that's and that's the PR disaster. If they would address it, just just address it somewhat, basically come out and say that's unacceptable for Dana to do that. He's gonna step aside for a leave of absence for a while. You know, I don't know how I mean, you know, I'm not like, you know, uh I'm not Kevin Ioli who has a set amount of a month or something, but but if he's just stepped aside for a little bit, you know, stepped in the background for a little bit, but basically like we took some action that we we yeah. addressing that we see that it's important. It, it would mean something, but instead they take no action and they're ignoring it, which brings more attention from the outside. And then you have all these weird, you have all these fighters and fans who, even though Dana White said he's wrong, they're there to stand up and say she, you know, she deserved it, which is extra bizarre because now it just looks like we're a sport, which reinforces the idea we're a trash sport. And that, which is why other people, other entities don't care about it in the first place. So I don't know. I think they, they, they bungled it because just the doing something small, like addressing it just a little bit, would have gone a long ways instead of making it into a bigger deal. Now we have NBA players commenting how you know how no one wants to touch it. Mm-hmm. Eugene, well, hey, listen, yeah, I've talked about this on my Substack this week. It'll be on the Show Stomper, and uh, I, I want to go back a little bit, back to when I was working for Vice's Fightland, which, unbeknownst to many was a vertical paid for funded solely by the oopsie. Um, and it was, you know, a clever business model thing that the, the, the cats at, uh, this is before Nancy Dubuque got to, got to, to vice to, to take care of all their me too problems. Um, but it was a pretty clever kind of vertical focused solely on fighting. Michael Resco was the kind of editorial director and it, uh, was interesting. And they had me doing a, a series on walkout music. It's like it, asking people in the rock world, if you were going to be fighting in the UFC, you're going to be fighting MMA, what would your choice of walkout music be? And so in an in a unlikely bedfellows thing, which to me makes good good journalism, I got Jamie Stewart from uh, from Juju. Um, and Jamie Stewart from, if you know, is not, this is not macho heavy metal at all, right? Juju is not. And so the fact that Jamie had the, the, like several kind of vignettes in his piece about street fights that he had gotten into, I thought was really ref- refreshing and played against type. Well, they sat on it. They sat on it. They didn't run it. They, and I'm like, you know, one, I've made a promise to the guy. Two, I want my money. Why are you? Go-? And finally, the, the Resco said, listen, they have a real problem uh, and they didn't. He wouldn't tell me who they were at the time. They have a real problem with this association between fighting, sport fighting, the UFSI. Ultimately, I found out, and street fighting. They don't want to. It was like a whole moral turpitude clause that I completely missed in the contracting. Right, so I had to edit the piece, take out the street fighting thing, resubmit, and then they ran the piece and, and, and I got paid for. So if you think that if you think that we're making a mountain out of this molehill, you have to know the granular level at which they have been involved in uh, uh, sanitizing the sport. So w- what that means is in this instance, this is major. This is not minor. Had anybody, you know, okay, yeah, John, John, Johnny Boney Jones, and then uh, McGregor, you know, there have been uh, 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 Hardy, Greg Hardy, um, there have been uh, outliers, but this is at the very heart of their business model, and the fact that that nobody has embraced, like, to backing up what John has said, that that that. that 
that there's this whole cover up. I mean, look, if Nixon had come out, it, it was like the, it was it was not not the crime. It's the cover up of the crime that got everybody into trouble, right? So this is what we're seeing here. The ESPN is not talking about Stephen A. Smith is like, well, minimizing it. Look, if you caught if you if you caught me doing something like any of us, this is major grounds for major sanctioning of the most severe kind. Dude has got to go. He's got to go. I don't want to hear any exculpatory. You know how many times cops show up and the woman is like, I, you know, I got a black eye. I got teeth missing. Please don't arrest him. Yeah. Okay. You know, once it's done in public, your right for privacy is gone. So, you know, dude's got to go. What John suggested, the half step is what we suggest on if, if the shoes fit. Slap yourself into rehab, come back six months later, renewed, and hope all bygones be big, big, big bygones. But business as usual cannot, should not, and, and I find it to be completely unacceptable that it is. I'm starting to feel, though, my new positivity, I'm starting to feel that um, Hollywood has no problems putting pressure on Ari Emanuel to, like, yeah, this is not the time and place to be doing you want me to slow walk some of your, your people that you try to get cast? We can do that. So I think ultimately I'm feeling, I'm suspecting that ultimately they will force a half, half-ass half sanction, and that's why I'm feeling positive about it, even though I did say on the last If the Shoes Fit that I suspected initially, and this is a few days ago, that they were going to do absolutely nothing. I'm starting to feel momentum, and, and in that I'm starting to be more positive about it because there's not a single one of us who couldn't do with a six-month break from Dana White. Honest to God, you know that's the truth, even if you're a fan. Six months out, you, you know, absence makes a heart grow fonder if you're a fan. For the rest of us, it's just a, it would be a six months of glory. So I say he's got to go. And I think that they're – I'd like to think that they are, you know, working themselves up to making that happen. But what's weird is that the fact that the whole reason I think that they didn't want to get rid of him is they have this slap league coming out. And they like like if we we just do ignore it, we can still have this thing we invested all this money in the slap league can come out. But really, the worst thing possible where he has a slap league coming out that's for a guy that just slapped his wife. And and for me, it's like the slap league's got to go, and it shouldn't go because he just, you know had a domestic incident, a violent incident with his wife. It should go because they never should have made the Dana White slap league. It's a ridiculous, yep. offensive thing to begin with. So. Yep. You're now you're now stuck with this thing that's going to remind everybody of the incident, and I, I think that's where the core problem is. And it's I, I think is the, the the sport is so much on everybody's. Most people do not think about MMA at all so much that it probably could have got by that they could have ignored it. But it it does make a really juicy story for it, uh, potentially for mainstream media if they go ahead and don't do anything about it, and a freaking slap league comes out with him as the host. And there's also been a perfect storm, like I, I say on the showstopper, where you got Baroni, you got, it's just, it's just, the timing of this was colossally bad for people who want to do business as usual. It's, it's, it's a bad look all around. So yeah, that, he's yeah, got to go. We look like a, it's a, everything's a reminder of what a trash sport this is. You got Jake Paul talking again about how little they pay fighters. You got yeah. Baroni, you have last year at the end of last year, Stefan Bonner. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's reinforces that this is, you know, this is gutter. This is a gutter sport, which is, you know, and, and, and this 18 year old who just died and they don't have a cause of death listed, but, uh, and no 18 year old should be dying. So whatever the, unless it was a car accident, what this, uh, young woman fighter died of is it's just going to be a, a continuation of the fact that we are in dire need of correction. Indeed.
And um, on that note, I'm going to go ahead and call a wrap. And John, I'm going to start with you because Eugene has some something very special to uh, talk about here in just a moment. So, John, tell us what you've got coming up because I believe there's a new episode of Hey, Not the Face. Oh, yeah. I like that you, you gave me that warning that Gene has something special so I can leave as soon as I'm done here. <laughs> that he, but, uh, yeah, I got we recorded a new Hey, Not the Face podcast. Should be out, what, Tuesday? So mm -hmm. that's coming out. Uh, recording a new show, Money, a Sunday night. So that Ooh. should be out the day after. We'll try not to talk about the same things. Uh, I don't know if I have any written articles coming out anytime soon because I'm very lazy and it's a new year, you know, I'm just, you know, I got other stuff, priorities. Uh, but beyond that, you know, I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about, you know, may maybe I'll write something about one of the many stories that are floating around MMA right now. Oh, maybe not. We'll see. Anyways, Eugene, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath about your big announcement here. Well, I was scrambling for a bit because Steph is like, I'm like, what the hell is she? That I remember. Of course, it's something that she participated in, so uh, good for her to remember, Ed, because I was going to forget to mention it. Uh, got got a new podcast coming out. It's only half an hour, and it's not. It's uh, it's called Bad Boss Brief, and uh, and uh, it's with uh, Stephanie Parolo, you know, a thirty year industry vet. She's been on uh, uh, NPR's The Moth, you know, um, and uh, uh, has been in the industry working with some of the, like, the top, you know, company publicists, massive inter what's the word? international conglomerates. Um, and we just, we, we, do, we do for uh, PR disasters in, in entertainment, uh, we do that for business pretty much. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to. It's only half an hour. It's uh, every other Monday at uh, at twelve thirty. Um, I will tweet out a, a link when the show gets started. Uh, but I have to say, one of my favorite stories, and I don't know if she'll even get to it, this story, is uh, a company, a major company that she will subsequently name, uh, which I won't do here by by way of cheating. <laughs> when they accepted an employee. They would give their acceptance in a, a, a trailer, you know, not a cheap, like a nice Airstream that they had, that they had done the interviews in. And they got the person to sign the acceptance letter. And then the CEO and the COO would jump out of hiding. They had been hiding in this Airstream in their underwear and say, ta-da! <laughs> and, and she had to talk them out of that being a way to proceed in the future, and they said, you're ruining all the fun, and this is the premise of Bad Boss Brief. If you're a bad boss, it will help you not be a bad boss. If you've had a bad boss, it will help you recognize <laughs> you are not alone, and uh, uh, and if you are in a position to be a bad yes, yeah, it's, it covers every aspect of bad bossing. So that's the big thing. outside That and, uh, of course, pre-ordering the uh, memoir, A Walk Across Dirty Water and Into Murderer's Row. You can do it at bookshop.org uh, bookshop, uh, or Amazon. Uh, my memoir comes out next year. Both of those are orders of the day, pri top priority. All righty. So uh, that's why I wanted to finish with you 
um, taking us out with the Dana White thing because you've got the bad boss brief tie in there. Perfect time, perfect time for that because this yeah. is, uh, you know, it, the fact that he will stay is an indication that he is a bad boss. See? He should do he should do what's good for the company at this point. And I don't want to cheat my segment from from tomorrow tomorrow's show, but yeah, he somebody needs to. I don't say you fall on a sword, but how about you fall on a knife? That yeah. requires you to go to hospital for a few months, and then you come back six months from now. You can sit, or alternatively, like if you follow me on Twitter, what I suggested: if you really, if you're a broken field runner here, you're scrambling. You book that Ngannou uh, Jones fight. Give them whatever the hell they want. Book it and just let the focus shift. Well, but the truth is, she ended with you because you knew everybody's tuning out of the show right now. <laughs> oh I'm God. sorry. I'm sorry, John. What did you say? I was I wasn't listening. No, I said no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, we're going to wrap up. So until next time, please stay safe. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Presents production. To check out more of our content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is titled Bloody Elbow Presents. We're also on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Player FM, and Amazon Music. Just search for Bloody Elbow Presents and you'll get brand new shows throughout the week, including Care Don't Care, the Level Change Podcast, the MMA Vivisection, the 6th Round Post-Fight Show, 6th Round Retro, the MMA Depressed Us, Crooklyn's Corner, Exclusive Fighter Interviews, Show Money, guest podcasts, the Hey Not The Face podcast, and radio style play-by-play for every UFC pay-per-view. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Bloody Elbow blog, and as always, on BloodyElbow.com. <laughs>